Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Grace Community Church Wednesday night service. Uh, thank you all for being here, if you're here in person, and thank you for tuning in if you're watching online. Uh, if this is your first time watching, we'd just like to welcome you. My name is Wade, and we're glad you're watching. Uh, let me open us up in a word of prayer, and then we'll, we'll get into tonight's message. Father, thank you for another opportunity to, to get up here and just preach what you've laid on my heart. And God, I just pray for everybody that's here and everybody that's watching that you would just open our hearts and minds, Lord, to receive what it is that you have to say to us. And God, I just pray that you'd help us to understand what's being said and not only understand it, Lord, but remember it and uh, apply it to our lives, Lord, so that we can bear the fruit that you want us to bear. And we will give you the glory for it. And it's in Jesus' holy name we do pray. Amen. All right. Get back from my trip, and I still feel like I'm behind. I don't know if you ever felt like that when you got home. But I got back, and I felt like I've, I'm still playing catch-up. But uh, it feels good to be back. I heard Libby did a good job last week. I hadn't listened to that message yet, but I'm... Probably will later tonight. Uh, last time I was up here a couple of weeks ago, you know, we were talking about leaving a legacy. And uh, the only legacy that you can leave anybody that's going to have a lasting value, a true value, and an eternal value is your faith. Uh, leading them into a relationship with Jesus Christ is the only thing that's not only going to benefit them in this life, but it's going to lead them into eternal life when this one is over. And we talked about how, you know, the things that we normally think of when we think about a legacy or, you know, somebody inheriting something, inheritance is money or land or homes or whatever kind of material possessions you can leave somebody. You know, those are good things to leave somebody if they know the Lord. But if they don't know the Lord, then a lot of times, you know, those things usually wind up causing people to come to become even more self-sufficient, you know, with a sense of, I got this. And, uh, you know, they start putting their faith in what they have and in themselves instead of where it belongs, you know, in the Lord. You know, they get that, uh, get their faith misplaced. We see that a lot in people that win the lottery. You know, everybody prays, if I could just win the lottery. And then I've seen a bunch of stories, you know, on TV of people that did win the lottery and it, it wrecked their lives because they wasn't, they put their faith in that and then they blew the money and then, you know, they're worse off than they were to start with. And uh, when that happens in the end, that becomes the very thing that separates them from God and keeps them from seeing their need for a Savior because all their focus is, you know, placed on this life here on earth and they never make preparations for eternity because their faith is in the, their bank account and the things that they have. And they never, they never put their faith in Christ. And uh, like I said, all those things are great if they know Jesus. But in the end, those things are useless if your name's not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So a good legacy, you know, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, has to start with making sure that they've surrendered their life to Christ. And then... You know, you can bless them with all the things you want to. But without him, those things only lead to destruction in the end. And uh, 
tonight's message kind of goes right along with that. Uh, a lot of what I'm going to talk about tonight, we talked about last night in Celebrate Restoration, but it, it's a different message, but kind of on the same lines as we had last night. Uh, we talked about collateral damage, and if you don't know what collateral damage is, that's where innocent people get hurt because of something that they're not even involved in. Uh, I wrote down the the, defin the actual definition of it is forms of damage including death and injuries that are a result of the fighting in a war but happen to people who are not in the military. You know, it's talking about innocent people or civilians that got hurt or killed that, that had nothing to do with what was, act with what was actually going on. And uh, like I said, that definition is talking about the military, but we see a lot of that just in everyday life, you know, in everybody's life. I don't think anybody is exempt from it. And uh, I actually believe that this message will help you understand yourself better, and I believe it helps you to understand other people better too and why they are the way that they are and uh, why we are the way that we are. You know, especially if you're one of those people like me that are, you know, really hard on yourself. If you make a mistake, you know, why did I do that? Or, you know, if you've got that kind of mindset, I believe this will help you a lot. You know, we hear it a lot, especially in the recovery ministry where people have a hard time forgiving themselves. And uh, I had that too for a long time. But I believe this message, if you'll, uh, if you'll let it, will help you with that. And uh, I believe these verses right here will help you with that. In Romans chapter 5, <clears throat> it explains a lot. In verse 12 of Romans chapter 5, it says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and it's talking about Adam, uh, when him and Eve, the fall in the garden, you know, when they sinned, that passed on all of us. It says, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death, death passed upon all men, for they all have sinned. And verse 14 explains it even a little better. It says, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned, after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. Uh, you know, that part in that verse where it says, even over them that had not sinned. You know, think about that. We are collateral damage. You know, everybody since Adam is accounted as a sinner if we don't have Jesus Christ. You know, we're born with the sin nature. And, uh, you know, it's not something that we chose. That's something that we're born with. You know, nobody came out of the womb and says right off the bat that I'm going to be a sinner with my life. You know, we are born into it. It's passed down to us from Adam. So we're born that way, and until we surrender our lives to Jesus Christ, we stay that way. You know, we're controlled by our sin nature. And uh, that brings a lot of relief to me, you know, when I read those verses, because it wasn't a mistake that I made. It wasn't something that I did. It wasn't something that I could blame on myself and not forgive myself for. That's the way I was born, and that's the way all of us are born. And uh, I hope that brings some relief to somebody, you know, when when you can actually say, hey, it's not just me. You know, I'm not a misfit and I'm not a an oddball. That includes everybody that's ever been born since Adam. 
uh, Romans 3 and verse 23. It says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But the good news is you don't have to stay that way, you know. And uh, for most of my life, I didn't know that. And I believe there's a lot of people out there just like me all over the world that don't know that. You know, I was constantly beating myself up, you know, like, why did I do that? Or why did I say that? And it was just on and on and on, you know, one bad decision after another. And all I had ever heard about God, you know, was his rules and his commandments and his judgment and then his punishment. And I believe that's all all the people in the world are hearing today. You know, they're not hearing about God's grace. And that's why they're stuck in their sin. That's why I was stuck in mine. You know, that's why they won't come to God. Why would anybody want to come to God to be punished and be condemned? You know, if that's all you have to expect out of God, then of course you're not going to come to him. You know, that's why I didn't. You know, I ran from him as long as I could. Uh, you know, I remember at an early age, I heard, all I heard was the Ten Commandments. And, uh, you know, I read those and I knew what they meant. They're really simple. And then I thought to myself, yep, I've broken every one of those. So, you know, with that kind of thinking, I judged myself. And that caused me to avoid God because the only thing that I thought I would get if I went to God was punished because I had broken all these commandments. And, you know, I never heard that God would forgive you, and I didn't know that God loved me. That wasn't how he was presented to me, you know, and I didn't know about grace. All I ever heard about was the punishment of God. And it wasn't until I started reading the Bible for myself that I read about God forgives and God has mercy and God loves us. And uh, But like I said, that was not what I had heard preached. And that's the gospel message that the world needs to know about. You know, I've shared with you, or some of you before, about how I got saved. You know, it was a Thanksgiving weekend back in uh, 1996. Uh, I was living in a, an old abandoned trailer in Pembroke, North Carolina. Uh, it's a, a Lumbee Indian reservation, exactly what it is. And I remember I was passed out on the floor that Sunday morning, and a family that lived nearby, they came by and started uh, pounding on my door. And they pounded on the door until I got up and answered the door. And, uh, you know, I worked with this guy, so he knew I was drunk and he knew I was dirty but they invited me to church with them anyway. And I told them, well, I don't have any clean clothes or nothing, no way to take a bath or anything, you know. <clears throat> so he said, that's all right. You can come to my house and take a bath, and I got clothes. And Anyway, long story short, he took me to church with him and his family, and I don't remember what the preacher preached on that day. I don't remember what he said. I mean, I remember his name. His name is Henry Oxendine. And, uh, you know, later on we became good friends. But like I said, I don't remember a whole lot about that day. But I do remember that it was kindness and not judgment that got me to go to church that day. You know, they didn't show up on my, on my doorstep, uh, you know, telling me how wrong I was and how big a sinner I was. They were kind to me. And they invited me to come with them and... Uh, I remember I walked home that day after church, and uh, there was a Christian bookstore 
in the middle of that little town, and it was always closed on Sunday. But for some reason, it was open that day, and I walked in there, and uh, I bought my first Bible. And I still have that Bible today. That's one of the few things I've managed to, to keep over the years. And uh, that was the day I got saved, but I didn't by any means surrender my life to the Lord that day. I didn't change the way I lived that day, but that was the day that I heard God say, you know, I love you. And uh, I went to the altar that day and I asked God to <coughs> to forgive me, and he did. And uh, even though I didn't change my lifestyle that day, I hadn't been the, the same since. You know, God planted that seed in me, that he was a God of love and not judgment and wrath and all those things that I had believed in my heart about him. And uh, like I said, I didn't surrender my life to him that day. And uh, I still went through two more failed marriages after that and a whole lot of other bad things. But I was reading my Bible every day. And uh, I did surrender my life to the Lord in 2016, thank God. And uh, God began to show me after that uh, clearly, all those things that I had be been beating myself up for all these years, those those things were just collateral damage caused by a life that wasn't surrendered to the Lord. You know, it wasn't that I was a bad person. It wasn't that I was a mistake. It wasn't any of those things. You know, that's all we can expect from any life that is not surrendered to the Lord is damage. You know, we all cause damage. We don't set out to do it. But without the Lord, that's pretty much all we're capable of. And uh, But God showed me that all those years, all that collateral damage was caused just because I wasn't surrendered to Him. And uh, that don't make those things that I did right. It don't excuse any of the things I've done. But it helped me understand why all those things happened and you know how I was able to even do some of the things that I did. You know, I told you a while ago that we're, we're born that way. But the good news is we don't have to stay that way. If we'll go back to Romans uh, chapter 5 and verse 14 again, uh, like I keep saying, we're born into sin. But the last part of that verse says that Adam, uh, he's a picture, a figure of him that was to come. And that's talking about Jesus Christ. And if we go even further back in uh, Romans chapter 5, to verse 8, you know, we share this verse every week. Uh, you know, God knows we're born that way. And in verse 8, it says that God showed his love for us and that while we were sinners or because we we're sinners, that's why Christ died for us. You know, Jesus knows that we're all going to be collateral damage caused by sin. And that's why he died for us, you know, to save us from sin. There's nothing we can do about it on our own. So God had this plan of salvation. He gave his son to die for us. You know, that's not a God of judgment or condemnation. That's a God that, that loves us. So that's why Christ died for us. They knew that we're all going to be born damaged. And if we keep reading, you know what? We read that verse every week, but we never read past that. And if we'll read through to verse 11, uh, starting in verse 9, it says, Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. So we're saved from the wrath of God by Jesus Christ and what he did for us. 
For when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we now received the atonement. And that word atonement, that means Jesus Christ paid the price for us. You know, something we never could have paid. In Christ, we are forgiven. You know, we are no longer guilty. Jesus paid our penalty. Uh, I love Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. It says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. You know, once we come to Christ and we surrender our life to Him, we're no longer controlled by our sin nature. So we don't have to live our life fulfilling the desires of our flesh. We can actually be obedient to the Spirit of God because it's in us and it's speaking to us and it's guiding us and giving us the guidance that we need. You know, before Christ, we don't have that guidance. We're left to our own devices, our own desires. But in Christ, you know, we can stop not only being collateral damage ourselves, but we can stop causing it too. Uh, we can stop causing some of the damage that we cause in other people's lives. You know, I went into a, a lot of detail last night about my life before Jesus. <coughs> you know, I won't go into that kind of detail tonight because we're live streaming all that and it includes other people that, you know, I don't have the right to include them. But I left the trail of collateral damage behind me from one end of 45 years to the other, you know, to everybody I knew. You know, my brothers, my sisters, my mom, my dad, my cousins, my friends. There wasn't anybody in my life that that didn't affect. It affected everybody in my life. Uh, you know, to me, especially to my daughter. You know, I could stand up here and tell you all day of the mistakes that I made and the damage I did, but that don't help anybody. You know, all that does is depress people and depresses me too for talking about it. But uh, that's not the way things are anymore. I can stand up here and blame everybody else. You know, I could blame my dad for being an alcoholic and never being there for me, and that's why I am the way I am or was the way I was. But uh, Or I could blame my my daughter's mom for our marriage breaking up and not working out. You know, I could just blame, blame, blame everybody else in my life and never take responsibility. But that don't help anybody either. You know, after I came to Christ, he showed me clearly where all the damage was coming from. And uh, that's from sin. It's from our enemy. It's not the people in our lives. It's, it's just the sin nature that we're all born with. And just because we get saved, that don't mean everybody else in our life is saved. You know, maybe they're still being controlled by their sin nature. And we can't judge them either because we were born with one too. You know, after I came to Christ, like I said, he showed me where all that was coming from. You know, my dad wasn't the problem. I, I finally, one year, I did some research on my dad and uh dug into our family tree you know a lot of it's not recorded but some of it was and I, I was able to find out that his dad was murdered when he was only nine years old so he never had a dad either he grew up without a dad and uh, as far as I know he never came to know Jesus as Lord of his life that I know of uh, 
his life was just a result of a life without God. And uh, his dad before him, it was the same thing. So you had a dad with a life without God that died early, and his son grew up without God, and my dad died early. And then there was me who grew up without a dad. And uh, I lived a life without God up until just a few years ago. And uh, so he grew up without love. He grew up without guidance. He grew up without instruction. He grew up without the Holy Spirit guiding and leading him and showing him, you know, right from wrong. You know, without the guidance and instruction from the Lord, all we're left is is with the nature that we're born with. And that is sin, a sin nature. And sin produces sin. Uh, One of the things I told him last night, too, was that, you know, I was really open with him last night. I told him I got locked up at a very early age, you know, in a juvenile facility for some things that I had done. And uh, back then there wasn't very many people around. And I was raised in a real rural area, you know, Chestnut Hill. There wasn't hardly anything there then except for the Bush Beans factory. It was really small, so there wasn't a whole lot of girls around. So, uh, you know, I never really had a girlfriend. So when I got released from that place when I was 19, you know, I was there for about five years. So my first wife and I were together the very next day. We didn't even know each other. So I pretty much married the first girl that I came across. And uh, I'd never really had a girlfriend before. And her background was really similar to mine. Uh, When I met her, she... She already had a, a newborn baby, and she had a really bad childhood, too. So now you've got two young people who don't even know each other, and neither one of them knew God, and neither one of us uh, even knew what love was or even what being an adult was yet, you know. So you got those two people getting married, and like I said, she already had a newborn baby. I talk about my daughter a lot, but there were two daughters. You know, nine months after we were together, she gave birth to my daughter. So now you got two young people who don't know God, who don't have a clue what love is, and we got two children. Uh, so needless to say, that marriage ended quickly and miserably because we didn't, we weren't, we just weren't prepared for it. And uh, you know, I blamed her; she blamed me. We. Did that for years, but it wasn't either one of ours' fault. And the ones that actually paid the price for that the most were our two daughters. You know, they were the collateral damage left behind by two lives that were not surrendered to God. You know, you can't put collateral damage with collateral damage and come out with anything else but that. You know, if you don't add Jesus to the mix, the Holy Spirit and God to the mix, you're only going to create more damage. And, uh, you know, I thank God today that both of them are good Christian women, and I'm really happy to say that they're both married to good Christian men. <coughs> and they have families and children of their own, and, uh, and they really are true Christians. You know, they actually live out the faith that they profess. And that is the, the absolute grace of God that, that was for sure nothing that I did or their mom did. You know, they were introduced to Jesus by their grandparents, and I thank God for them every day. You know, they didn't think much of me 
and I don't blame them. Uh, but I thank God for them every day that they did put <coughs> Jesus in front of them and that they were able to, to break that cycle and uh, to come out of the damage that we caused and actually start living, you know, good, fruitful lives. And that is the difference between a life surrendered to Christ and a life without Him. You know, there's nothing we can do about being born with the sin nature. There's absolutely nothing we can do about that. But like I said a while ago, we don't have to keep it. And uh, I told them last night, you can't tame your sin nature. You know, I tried for years to do that. Uh, I figured I could obey rules, and uh, I couldn't do that. You know, I tried for years to control myself without God. Because like I said, I tried to avoid God with everything in me because I thought I was going to be condemned if I went to God. But you can't tame your sin nature. You know, you can't produce good things from anything else than the Spirit of God. So you can't tame your sin nature, but you can bring it to Jesus and confess it, and you can trade it in for His nature. Uh, you know, we share this verse all the time in Second Corinthians chapter 5, and verse 17. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. You know, you really do become a new creature. God puts his nature in you to replace that old sin nature. Uh, they were singing a song last night at Celebrate, and uh, one of the lines in that song said, <clears throat> if you knew me then, you would believe me now. And uh, that's the truth. You know, if you actually knew me back then and you and you know me today, you'd see the proof of Christ. He does really make you a new creature. The old things are passed away, and behold, all things are come, have become new. You know, when we come to Christ, the Bible says we can go from being controlled by our sin to just simply being obedient to the Holy Spirit. Uh, one of the verses I shared with him last night was uh, Romans 6 and verse 16. And that, when I, I remember the first time I read that, it made just so much sense to me. It says, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You know, you can be a slave to sin, which does lead to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. You know, that sounds really simple, but it's not that easy. It's, you know, it's impossible without being surrendered to God. In order to to obey God, you know, and li live a righteous life, you need the Holy Spirit. Like I said earlier, you can't tame your sin nature. You can try all day long. You might make it through a day and and do okay, but you can't live a godly life without God. You have to surrender yourself to Him. Uh, but that's our choice, you know. That's not something that that comes automatic. Every day, you know, when we get up, we have to make the choice, you know, who are we going to obey today? You know, am I going to obey my sin nature? Am I going to obey my own desires? Or am I going to obey God and uh, let him lead me in to righteous living? Like that, that verse there says. You know, like I said, if we choose to obey our sin nature, there is going to be collateral damage. There always is. Uh, like I said, neither me or my wife we didn't set out to destroy our daughters, and I don't believe any, anybody sets out 
to destroy either, or at least I hope you don't. But, uh, you know, if we're following our own desires instead of being obedient to God, there's going to be collateral damage. You know, it's going to affect everybody in your life. So if you're tired of all the damage in your life, and I'm not just talking about damage that you've caused, you know. And uh, another thing I told them last night is, you know, you can't be so hard on yourself. You didn't cause that damage on purpose. You know, the Bible says we're blinded by the God of this world. We don't know right from wrong without the Spirit of God. But also the damage that's been done to us. You know, a lot of us are the way we are because somebody else treated us the way they did. Uh, we're a product of how we were brought up. And we have to see that for what it really is. Uh, you know, Josh said this Sunday, I believe, that the best way to, to get rid of an enemy is to get them to Jesus. You know, once they have Jesus, they won't be your enemy anymore. And uh, once we see that for what it really is, the, pe the person that's hurting me, they're collateral damage too. They're still trapped in their sin nature. If they weren't, they wouldn't be doing the things that they're doing. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, that's what it's talking about. It says, for gospel is hid, it's hid to those that are lost, and in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. You know, we're all simple until we come to Christ. We're all born with it. So they're... I don't think they're your enemies on purpose. They're blinded by the enemy. You know, they need to be saved too. They need to be rescued too. You know, just like we read in Romans 5, 8. Jesus died for them just like he died for us. Uh, you know, in reality, Satan is the only enemy that we have. Uh, and like I told you, I, for most of my life, I saw myself as damaged goods. You know, I heard it. So much that I believed it. You know, I'm just no good. I just, the way I accepted myself, I'm damaged good. And I believe that's the way a lot of people see themselves too. But that's not how God sees us. He thought we were worth dying for. You know, you're not damaged goods. You're just collateral damage caused by sin. And there is a cure for that. And uh, his name is Jesus Christ. He can wash you clean from that. Some of my favorite verses are in uh, Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 3. It says, and these will sound familiar to you because you've seen them somewhere else, and I'll, I'll share that with you in a minute too. Isaiah 61, 1 through 3 says, The Spirit of the Lord God, and it's talking about Jesus Christ, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. And he's talking about us. You know, we're held captive by our own sin. We're in prison of our own nature until we uh, accept him as our Lord. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, and to give un unto them beauty for ashes, 
the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. You know, I never thought in my life that I would be called a tree of righteousness or the planting of the Lord. But, you know, all those things are possible through Christ. And, uh, you know, I told you those verses look familiar. Those are the same verses that Jesus read in the Gospel of Luke. In uh, chapter 4, verses 18 through 20, this is what he taught in the temple at the beginning of his ministry. And he said the same exact thing. You know, he's reading out of the scroll of Isaiah back then. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Man, I, wouldn't that have been something to be there and watch Jesus read that about himself? And then, you know, he went on, I think it's in the next verse, to say today these scriptures have been, you know, fulfilled in your sight. That would have been awesome. So if you're tired of causing damage, you know, in your life or in the lives of others, or if you're tired of seeing yourself as damaged, you know, seeing yourself as a victim, all you got to do is bring it to Jesus. You know, we just read in Isaiah, he'll give you beauty for ashes. That's a good trade. You know, we just read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that he will change you into a new creation, and he does. You know, trade in your sin nature for his righteousness. I like to think of it, or this is the way I pictured it in my head, the other day, uh, like a jet ski, you know, just barreling through the water, and it sends waves out in both directions when you're going down through there, and those those waves go all the way to the shore. And if, if you're not surrendered to Christ, all those waves caused by an unsurrendered life, you know, those waves are collateral damage. They're just hitting everything and everybody around you. You know, that's inevitable. That's going to happen. But if you are surrendered to Christ, those same waves will be hitting everything around you, but it'll be the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You know, it'll be waves of love and joy and peace instead of damage. You know, it'll be waves of good stuff coming out of you. Jesus said it'll be like rivers of living water flowing out of you instead of what used to flow out of us. And... Uh, like I keep telling you, the stuff that used to flow out of me was not good. But uh, God can transform you, and you can start living a life that brings glory to God and leads other people to Him. But like we read earlier in Romans 6, that's our choice. You know, God will not force us to obey Him. He gives us free will. And uh, even after we come to Christ, you know, we still have to choose every day to obey the Lord. You know, it don't automatically happen. That's why Jesus said a few times in the Gospels, if you're reading through those, you can see where he says, you got to pick up your cross daily and follow me if you want to be my disciple. So that's a daily choice that we make. And uh, But I do know since I surrendered my life to him in 2016, like I said, I got saved in 96, but I didn't surrender my life to him until... 20 years later, and there was a lot of damage in those 20 years. That don't mean I wasn't saved. 
That means I wasn't obedient to God. That means I was not surrendered to Christ. You know? But since I did surrender to Him, I have intentionally tried to stop causing damage. And I've stopped seeing myself as damaged. You know? I was damaged. And Jesus Christ restored me. I don't call myself damaged anymore. I don't call myself an alcoholic anymore. You know, when we meet in our small groups on Tuesdays, you know, I don't, we don't go around the room saying, my name's Wade, I'm an alcoholic. You know, I say, my name is Wade, and I am a very thankful follower of Jesus Christ. Because he has restored me. And, uh, you know, that's my hope for everybody. That's my hope for all you guys. That's my hope for everybody watching. You know, if you're living a life full of damage, there's a way out of that. And the best thing you can do for yourself and anybody else in your life is to surrender your life to Christ. And let him give you a new one. He don't fix up your old one. He gives you a whole brand new one. Uh, you know, the, the whole Bible, all the way through, it's built on the, the principle of reaping and sowing. And, uh, you know, I always used to think of that as a bad thing. You know, you're going to get what's coming to you because that's the way I heard it preached. You know, like I started off with. But that's actually a really good thing. You know, if you give yourself to Christ and you stop sowing bad seeds in your life, stop giving in to your sin nature, you don't have to dread the harvest. You don't have to dread what you got coming to you. If you start sowing good things in your life, if you start sowing love and kindness and meekness and all the fruit of the Spirit, start sowing obedience into your life, then all you got to look forward to are good things. You know, you do reap what you sow. So if you're sowing good things, if you're sowing godly things, that's the kind of harvest you're going to get. So you can actually look forward to the future. And be excited about what God's going to do with it. But like we started with, a life that's not surrendered to Christ is only going to cause more collateral damage. And uh, one thing I want to remind you of, you know, we started off talking about a legacy. And that legacy should start with Christ so it'll be eternal. But the damage that we cause without Christ can be eternal too. That can be eternal damage. You know, my actions could very well be the reason that somebody else don't come to Jesus. And that could result in them going to heaven or hell. You know, that's a big responsibility we have as Christians. That's why Paul calls us ambassadors. And if we're going to be ambassadors for Christ, we have to take it seriously. You know, it really is a life and death uh, responsibility he puts on us. And it starts with surrendering to Christ and actually being obedient to Him. Uh, and that's pretty much my message tonight. I hope that helps somebody. But like I always like to say, you know, it starts by surrendering your life to Jesus. And if you've never done that, I'd like to give you the opportunity to do that. You know, maybe, maybe you're like I was. Maybe you got saved 20 years ago, but you're still not producing fruit. Maybe you're you know, you didn't change your life. You never fully surrendered to Christ. And uh, you'll keep causing damage and being damaged until you do surrender to Him and make Him Lord of your life. You know, He's not just our Savior. I know you've heard Josh say that a few times here lately. But uh, 
He's the Savior of all mankind, but he's only Lord to those that obey him and are surrendered to him. So I'd like to give you the opportunity. Romans 10, verses 9 and 10 says, If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. In verse 10, it says, With the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And uh, it's really simple. You know, all you got to know, or all you got to do is go to God and say, I know I'm a sinner, and I need forgiveness, and I need a Savior. And the Bible says he don't turn anybody away. He will save you. And uh, don't let anybody tell you you've gone too far. Or You know, that's what I thought for years. But in verse 13, it says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And we already read it a while ago, Romans 5, 8, said God knows we're sinners. That's why he sent Christ to die for us. And that's how he showed his love towards us. It says but God commended or showed his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So don't let anybody tell you you need to get get things together and then go to church. It don't work that way. You cannot get it together on your own. You need the Holy Spirit to do that. God will accept you just the way you are, just where you are. So just go to him and ask him to save you, and he will. And uh, then the Holy Spirit will show you the next step and the next step and the next step. And if you made that decision today, if we'll go back to verse 10, of chapter 10 it says with your mouth confession is made unto salvation so that means you need to tell somebody uh, just tell somebody hey I've gave my life to Christ today I became a Christian today and uh, if you need help learning what to do after that you can call here to church and somebody will be glad to talk to you or you can just come by here and somebody will be glad to talk to you you know you can join classes or, or whatever. We'll be glad to walk with you and, and uh, show you how to get started in your new life. But that's my message for tonight. I want to thank you all for coming out. Thank you for tuning in. If you're watching online, uh, let me pray for us, and we will be dismissed. Father, thank you for the message. I just pray, Lord, that you will help it to sink in to hearts and minds, God, and... Uh, I pray that it will result in us being even more surrendered to you, Lord, even more obedient to you. And I pray that that brings even more glory to your name, Lord. And I pray that it leads us into a, a deeper relationship with you, Lord, so that we can be the witnesses that we're supposed to be to draw people to you and bring glory to your name and increase to your kingdom, Father. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for loving us. And it's in Jesus' holy name I do pray. Amen.